Welcome to Valtalota, the officially unofficial podcast for the expanse on sci-fi. I'm Jim. I'm Levi. Who who are you? I'm in your head. The electrons are being manipulated. Oh, no. In oh, fact, no. nobody else can hear me, so this is gonna be a very one-sided podcast. You tricked me. You tricked me into doing this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I am yeah, I your feel like that was all part of your plan. Yep. You're gonna be at we're gonna get to the end of this and you're gonna be uh you're gonna be wondering why I did it. I didn't tell you everything. Uh, am I going to be annihilated? Is that what's going to happen at the end of this? I I don't know. They could have finished this episode and annihilated this entire cast, and mm-hmm. I would have been kind of satisfied if they had <laughs> okay. just done the suicide run. I was so in on this whole episode. Uh, before we get into it, the the <laughs> aforementioned Levi, uh, we talked about it in the previous podcast, Levi's joining me this time. Aaron is out of town, uh, but it, it, Levi, your history with the show—you've been you've been watching since a couple years ago. Yeah, I got in at the. Oh, it must have been the end of the first season. I feel like we did, or was it the start of the second? I think I texted you and said, "Are you watching this show?" I just, you know, as a fan and a friend. I feel like I can kind of pull at your guys' strings a little bit to get you to do a podcast about a show I want a podcast for. So and, and I took advantage of that, it. and I'm I'm loved this season having the podcast to go along with the show. Yeah, man, this season has been uh, just as good, if not maybe better than season two in a lot of ways. Yeah, they're really on fire. They are, and I'm I'm so glad it got picked up on Amazon. Uh, for people who are wanting the actual episode number it's 313 uh and it's called abaddon's gate i really had a hard time learning how to pronounce that is it abaddon i thought it was abaddon no it's abaddon that's how the the show writers keep saying it how the the book writers keep saying it well they they get to call the shots so all right abaddon yeah abaddon's gate uh what'd you think of this the season finale here i Loved it. This was fantastic. I think they wrapped up. Is this the end of the third book? Did they really burn through that whole thing? Yeah, they landed right at the end. They went through a book and a half this season. Wow. Yeah, they were really hauling. And I just, I loved it. I think everybody was making interesting decisions. I think everybody made had clear motivation. Yes. I really thought that some lives were on the line. Um, and I was... That's probably my only caveat. The The one thing I'm sad is that they, they didn't shed any real blood here. Mm. I really wanted somebody to die. Yeah, I thought I Drummer that. was going to get it, right? Yeah, why take that away from her? I don't know. Maybe because she has a bigger role. I honestly couldn't tell you. I haven't read beyond this point. So maybe she has a bigger role to play in you know the, the fight for the Belters' uh, equality, I guess. Yeah, well, the show was... I'm going to read as many of the books as I conceivably can between this season and now they've left such a good cliffhanger here that I don't think I can resist. And I feel bad for you and Aaron that you guys will have to probably keep it at one book beyond this season. I think so. We'll see. We'll see how closely <laughs> I stick to that. Cause man, I'm fired up after this finale. Uh, I thought it was right? great. Yeah. You kick open the door to 1300 worlds, oh, man. And that then, is they, the grace with which they kind of tell you, look, this game has just changed. It's gotten so much bigger. It takes a single shot of Avrasarla just looking at the rings for me to go, 
oh shit, there's going to be some huge implications. Yeah, we've been so mired in the three factions of the belt, Mars, and Earth. What happens now? What's mm-hmm. What are the factions when you have this sort of endless frontier in front of you? Yeah, I'm, I'm really know. curious to see what they do with it. Yeah, me too. Uh, we are going to do a recap, standard recap kind of thing, uh, and we'll be giving our thoughts along the way, our analysis. So are you ready to get into it? Yeah, man, let's dive right in. Okay, we start off with Ashford telling his people to get Naomi up to the bridge. Uh, I'm calling it the bridge. Look, I'm a Star Trek fan. What can I do? <laughs> uh, the they, command oh, they called center. it the command deck, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, so Bobby CO tells her that she needs to get a defense team together, but she won't tell her why. And then Holden has this one-sided conversation with Miller that Drummer, Naomi, and Claire are all seeing, and he comes away from the conversation believing that he has a solution to their problem. I think that I almost wish that we hadn't seen Holden talking to Miller uh-huh. this season. I want to see that fan edit where they take out <laughs> Miller because Holden seems so insane. I was on Ashford's side at the start of this episode because how how can you trust Holden when he's when you don't see Miller, when you don't know that's in his head? Uh-huh. I, that just built up a really nice tension as a viewer that – Holden went and stuck his hand in alien technology and walked away. I, can you really trust him? Were you? I guess you kind of knew how this was going to unfold. Well, yeah. Did I mean, it follow the books? Uh, yeah, more or less. I mean, I I think that like I'm on Ashford's side too. You know, even though I've we all know that he's actually talking to the proto molecule in the form of Miller. I, I think it's reasonable for Ashford to question it. You know, like what the hell is going on, and for Drummer to question it, but you know, go along with it because of Naomi. Uh, I felt as a viewer very antsy too, because I wanted to hear the other side of this conversation. You know, it's the first time they've done this where we haven't been privy to one side of it. And it made me antsy. It made me nervous. Yeah. And all we get is Holden repeating a Miller line, which obviously he's still (laughs) talking in, uh, in metaphors where he's like bunch of playboys humping shit. (laughs) You just, I yeah. don't know. It was a really nice, it gives you a lot of room to play in your imagination. Like, what is he saying this time and why? And I don't know. It it was cool. I'm, I've appreciated the tact with which they've used Miller in this season. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing that I noticed that I thought was pretty funny is they're holding Holden and Claire in livestock containers that were meant for yes. essentially food, <laughs> like, you know animals over the course of this journey pretty hilarious yeah reminding you that the behemoth is not a warship yes there is not a real brig yeah they yeah that's was really just the setup and showing you holding through the camera i think too for the most part makes him feel even more not holding because bobby makes a point mm. of this later in the episode she's when she's arguing with Alex that like, how do you know that's still Holden? And every time that we kind of take that one level detached from him, he does look out of his mind. Yeah. They've got him in observation there. Uh, okay. We move on to drummer contacting Ashford to tell him that Holden believes they can convince the station. They're not a threat, which is kind of the crux of the plan here. And he thinks Holden might be the real threat. 
because uh, Ashford doesn't trust him. So he tasks Diogo with bringing Drummer to him, and Drummer also realizes that that's what he's going to do and begins enacting her own plan to help Holden. Yeah, it's... I, does this count as mutiny? Who's... Is, is it mutiny Man, if it's Drummer? It's... Well, okay, yeah. From Drummer's side, I think... I think no, because she's still technically the captain, right? Yeah. Uh, she's up and walking around. Yeah, she could be on the bridge if she wanted to be. But I think, like, from Ashford's side, maybe it doesn't it doesn't yet count as mutiny either, because he's just having her come to a talk, right? Yeah. But, I, I mean, but the- I'm sure there's more to it than that uh, if if he gets his hands on her. Yeah, and the tension that they just crank up with this conversation when he's like, you're still in the brig, and she's like, oh, yeah, and you're looking like she's not in the brig. Yeah. I just, yeah, this whole scene was um, very akin to, like, Children of Men, because it does have a, a moment of silence after, and you don't think about the fact that you've been kind of clenching your butt cheeks for 35 <laughs> minutes. Um uh-huh. So I really love this. And they, they bounce around a lot, too, with groups. So you're watching everybody take kind of one move and then stepping to the next group, mm-hmm. they take one move. It feels very much like a chess match. And it has that very much um, like in Star Wars where they, they jump down the trash chute and you think, okay, they got away, everything's going to calm down, and then, oh, there's the Dianoga, right? Like yeah. it, it piles on things beyond almost to the point of absurdity. Uh, but it never quite crosses that line. It always feels like, oh man, this really another thing. Like when Monica starts her broadcast, you're like, oh boy, oh boy, things are getting really messy here. Uh, Well, then they drag Amos. As soon as Amos comes online and you give him a gun Uh and, you know, he goes to, uh, he goes to get Anna. I guess I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not used to this format of talking about the show in order. I just bounce around. Um, That's fine. So, uh, you know, but the next shot is Holden calling Amos and Alex, Mm -hmm. giving them the lowdown, and then Amos turning around and immediately grabbing Anna, who we all know is an excellent speechwriter. And we get, you know, great speeches by Amos. Nothing you're doing here matters. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And you just can you imagine Amos is moving? It's like the juggernaut. You're just it's kind of scary once he has some momentum. Right. Yeah. To to the point where, like, you know, later on when Bobby shows up, I don't know who's going to win that battle, honestly. Yeah. Where is your money on that fight? Because I know you and Aaron went around about could Amos take Claire with her clicky tongue move. (laughs) Right. But. Can who wins, Bobby or Amos? I I want to say Bobby because she's got the training, but I don't know because Amos, like you said, is just a wrecking ball. He's not going to stop, and he doesn't hesitate, which I think might be yes to his advantage in that fight for sure. Uh, so you mentioned a couple of things here, like how Holden explains this to Alex and Amos, um, their plan to shut down all the reactors on the ship. Uh, Naomi sends them to sends Alex and Amos to a transmitter array, which Ashford can't remotely shut down. So they'll have some time to try to convince the fleet somehow to go along with this operation. Uh, Like you said, Amos recruits Anna. I'm going to call this group triple a from here on out (laughs) (laughs) because it's Amos, Alex and Anna. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And then Diogo calls Ashford to say Drummer isn't where they thought she was, and he's he's going to keep looking. Um, the hasty work on the power grid starts to take its toll on the crew, and they get sloppy. They make some costly mistakes, and then Ashford tells him, get everyone up here, anybody who knows anything on how to help, get them up here. Um, which, of course, is going to bring Claire into the mix here in a bit. Yeah, which was just one more like that's the tension they just keep they start you know it's almost like a condensed version of an avengers movie where they start throwing together these characters that you weren't sort of expecting to get together but you want to see how they bounce off each other Mm -hmm. um and yeah i was super excited when i saw claire on the bridge because i just knew that whatever was going to happen it was going to be it was going to be accelerated yeah the thing kind of a the thing that I really love about this series of scenes here um, is it kind of it sets up this diametrically opposed goal for each of the factions, right? Like Drummer, mm-hmm. Drummer and Holden and Naomi are trying to shut down the reactors. Uh, Ashford is trying to pump up, you know, juice up the reactor. He needs that to accomplish his plan. They need it offline to accomplish theirs. And it's really just, you know, solid writing. It's like everybody thinks they're doing the right thing, which Anna points out later. Uh, everybody kind of is working for a good, noble goal, but they're just like going about it different ways and it's causing tension, which is some of my favorite kind of writing. Yeah, the the one qualm I have with with it is that at some point, the I think when the doc is talking about shutting down uh, one of the UNN ships, um he says it wouldn't hurt to try. I just wanted them to throw in a line where like Ashford basically says, if we shut down the reactor, we will not get a chance to use the laser. Yeah. Cause at some point it sort of seems like they could try both. Like let's shut them down. If it doesn't work, we'll fire up the laser. Right. Um, I just wanted that like throwaway line where it's like truly one or the other. And in my head, I, I assume that and I'm going to, I'm going to give them that. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, uh, maybe it takes, you know, eight hours to spin the reactor back up. Yeah, that, right? That, that like, would have been all I needed. necessarily know how that works. Right. But enough people are like, why don't we try it? That's like, that I was like, well, hold on. Now Ashford does seem like he's ignoring <laughs> the advice of the science minds in his group. He does um, almost to the point where I think, I think you're supposed to understand that he's trying to, you know, get his name in the history books. Oh, as, you think as this the is man a who saves the glory? Yeah, yeah. You know that's a good point because one, the Martian captain makes a point. I think in the last episode um, that you know if we blow up the gate, nobody will ever know what happened. Uh-huh. Um, and then when they are, when he's talking with Claire, when Ashford's talking with Claire later on, she asks him, you know, does one good act sort of wipe out all of the bad that you've done in your life. And he seems like true, Mm. like he's not listening to the sort of trigger warning that we're all hearing. Like, Oh, she's going, she's going (laughs) to go down in her own blaze of glory, fixing this. Yeah. Um, You see him get kind of lost in his own head. I think that's a really good read of Ashford's character, honestly, that he is at this point resigned himself and, you know, takes a long time to turn a big ship or yeah. I mean, maybe he, Hmm. Now that you're saying that, I'm I'm sort of sort of rethinking uh, my opinion on that. I I feel like maybe he is. I, I don't know. I I guess 
saying what I said about him attributes sort of personal ambition to what he's doing, mm-hmm. whereas it may be a thing where he very much feels like saving humanity in this way is the right thing to do. But I don't know. I mean, there there are two plans up in the air. One of them mm-hmm. seems like you could just try it and then move on to the next thing if it doesn't work. So, yeah. so there's got to be a little bit of pride, a little bit of like, I want to be the guy who solved this. And and maybe not even I, maybe the belters, you know? Like, if you look at the solutions that are presented, one of the solutions is, God damn it, Holden saves the day again. Are we seriously <laughs> going to do this? And it requires everybody to work together to save the day, right? Whereas mm-hmm. if Ashford can come in and fire off a laser and blow up the ring, he's the hero of the day just himself. He's saved humanity. And, and by extension, the belters have saved humanity uh, including Mars and the UN, you know, they've done it for everyone. Whereas, you know, he doesn't want everyone doing it for everyone. Yeah. And, and I think that's a legitimate take on his stance. And I think that some of it too, is just the, the nature of Naval command. I would, I would think, you know, once you've sort of given an order, you don't really take questions or go around another time. And I think that, we might be getting some of his pirate captain coming through. Like I made a decision with the information I had, mm-hmm. we're going to follow that through because stopping now leads to more questions, questions, his command. Um, you know, he's got the Martian commander. He's got a UNN captain over there. You know, there's a lot of people that he's already convinced and yeah, stepping back is if he has to turn around and then do the laser again, and that doesn't work you know, he's going to be in a tight spot in terms of being able to control this group. Cause it is, it's chaos. Oh, and yeah. I thought both sides had legitimate, um, legitimate arguments. I was on Ashford's side for a while, especially when it was unclear that they had time to shut down the reactor or fire the laser. I probably would have gone for the laser, like <laughs> save everybody else. If that's like, if those are your options is shave the world or maybe we save ourselves and the world. You just got to save the cheerleader. Then you save the world doing that, right? Heroes reference. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> That's a deep heroes reference. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Let's move on. Monica's <laughs> reporting on the state of the behemoth. When AAA rolls in and recruits her to get the word out to the rest of the fleet. There's a couple, I, I want to stop here because there are a couple of things in this scene, this very short scene mm-hmm. that I really like. So apparently Cohen died. He got cut in half by a door when the speed limit was lowered. Yep. Which, okay, yeah. Goodbye. Bye, <laughs> bye Cohen. That's completely different from the books. They actually use Cohen in a much bigger way, but nope, not here. He's just dead. Uh, and then I really love the interaction with Amos where he, you know, he he susses out what she's doing um, with this stuff about Cohen. And he says, you want me to feel bad that you're angry? And the Cohen is dead, but I don't, and I never will. <laughs> so yeah. let's just do this, you know? Great motivational speeches by Amos. I'm going to just, I want a week's worth of t-shirts with lines <laughs> like this one. I never will feel guilty. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. And you can see here why he grabs Anna, because can you imagine Amos getting on the, the microphone and, yeah. and doing a broadcast <laughs> out to everyone? Look, we're going to shut down these reactors. I don't care what you think. Shut them down. If you get in my way, I will shoot you. We're going to save everybody. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, yeah, and, he's and, not, uh, not the face of the party, certainly. And Anna's reaction shot when he says, I'll never feel guilty, 
is priceless. Like her eyebrows just go all the way up to her <laughs> her freaking hairline, man. Yeah, it's so good. Her and Amos are such a great combination. I'm very curious to see where that all ends up. Whether if she comes back, if we get to see more of her and Amos, um, he's he's so motivated by uh, altruistic people, and Anna is mm-hmm. kind of the pinnacle. Like she's, we thought Holden was a real do-gooder. Anna has a great speech in the episode prior about like I worry about everybody. It's very exhausting. <laughs> And I think that that is just catnip for whatever weird wiring that Amos has going on. And they, they have recently liked to pair Amos up with, I, w- I would say, people who are a little more naive, people who are not experienced in the kind of circumstances he is, like Prax, right? I mean, Prax is very yeah. much analyke in his experience level. Uh, yeah, he's I, I think like a weird mentor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's He's probably best when paired with, people who can ground him a little bit more emotionally and he can ground them a little more, you know, tactically and militarily stuff like that. Yeah. Which I imagine is not an easy thing to write. And they just, Amos is easily, well, the whole crew is my favorite character. I always get in this. It depends on who I'm like, if I'm talking about Naomi, Naomi is my favorite character. If I'm talking about Amos, Amos is my favorite character. Even Holden who, can be a little overly moody for my taste. Like there are times where I'm really on board with him. Like when he puts his hand in that alien thing and just this, uh, don't give a shit move. It's like, I'm just doing this because I don't have, I'm out of options. Um, yeah. Or it's, you know, he has to make the choice. Uh, even that I'm like just slow clapping for, for Holden and this whole crew. My, my favorite character will always is, and is still, and will always be Miller. Miller's the best. Uh, and I'm glad <laughs> well, that he's going to stick around for a while. Yeah, well, now that he's the conduit for an alien super intelligence, <laughs> it really just adds to his his noir uh, character. But speaking, further in riddles. speaking of moments with Holden, we go to the, the pod on the way to the reactor control room. Uh, Holden apologizes for, Na- for driving Naomi away, which she doesn't feel is really necessary, or at least she... So, sort of, she doesn't really dismiss the apology, but takes it in stride, I'd say. Uh, and then they arrive and they destroy the pod behind them and they go inside and capture the techs. Yeah, there were, this was, and I'm going to take, because I know Aaron's big on the zero G. He really, you know, he gives it a thumbs up or thumbs down. I thought that this was a combination of great moves where one Holden just floats a grenade into the pod. Mm-hmm. Like he kind of just leaves it there in that way that you see uh, astronauts just leave tools kind of floating <laughs> when they're working on a space station. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they just let go. And then when they come down into the core Ender's game style, you know, <laughs> feet first guns pointing down, um, I thought it, it looked so fantastic. It was this slow motion, you know, superhero drop that you usually see. Yeah, um, they, they literally got the drop on these people, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then when the body descends later, too, from up above, oh, it's kind yeah, of unsettling. Yeah. Like, you're not expect. it just feels unexpected that so much is coming from above. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got really excited when they got into the core of the ship and you see sort of gravity start to give way and they take a minute to point it out because it's a spiral. So that's 
Yeah. You know, they don't stop and explain like, Hey, at the, or at least I don't remember any moment where they mentioned that the core is zero G because it's, that's not how the spiral gravity works. Um, or that is how the spiral gravity works. I should say. Well, I think they also, the, they stepped off the drum, right? Which is the only thing that's got any gravity right now. Cause it's rotating. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I guess it's, but if you, all right, never mind. I'm not getting into the physics of this, but yes. Yeah, dude, you're right. I they're off the they're. drum. They're in it, but they're not on the exterior portion. So yeah, they're unaffected. Yeah. Um, and the look of relief on drummer's face when they enter the zero G's, you know, after she's been plowing around in those, in her uh, space pirate legs. <laughs> her robo legs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, the AAA arrive at the array, and Amos hunkers down for some heavy fire. Uh, Anna tries to figure out Amos by asking him what he will regret if he dies. And when he Which says, is apparently what? shooting Ashford. Yeah, he says he'll regret not killing Ashford. Uh, <laughs> Anna tells him that not that everyone thinks they're doing the right thing, and that hate uh, the hate he's feeling is sort of a burden that he'll need to sort out afterward. Um, and he needs to have good reasons for all the things he's doing. And Amos, hearing this, says, I won't let anything happen to you. Which I wholeheartedly believe. Like, even if they were outnumbered and outgunned from the drop, like if he couldn't hold them back, I really do believe that Amos's dying breath would be making sure that she is okay. He is mm-hmm. such a consummate guard dog that it's it's kind of a moving moment when he says that to somebody. Like when he has those moments with Prax where it's like, you're not that guy. And he, you know, has him leave the doctor and then turns around and he just flips that murder switch. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's as much of, it's as much of a moment as like when Holden was in the airlock and says to Amos, you know, have I ever, when have I ever asked you to trust me? Never. Okay. Now trust me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Which was a, an equally great moment. Uh, yeah, they, um, it, this is a really, the other thing is just like watching Anna and Amos sit next to each other in this sort of duality of, you know, she's not fully praying, but she's, you know, between the minister sort of status and being on her knees, whereas Amos is right next to her, like gun ready, focused on the hall, you know, the kill zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, there's something about that, just the way that they put those two up against each other the whole episode that I don't, it really makes Amos out to be, he has so much potential in whoever you put him next to. And I'm always excited to see him sort of branch out from the crew. Yeah, I think he's a, a fairly unconventional character. He's he's somebody who doesn't, doesn't hesitate. Uh, to do whatever he thinks needs to be done in the moment, uh, which which causes you know problems, but it also gets them out of a lot of jams. Well, it seems it saves us some time as it respects our time as viewers. I mm-hmm. feel like where they're not going to jerk you back and forth. Amos is going to make a decision, and you're going to agree with it or not. But he has his his logic is generally pretty straightforward and they don't change it very often. So you don't ever have, you're never like, well, that doesn't feel like Amos. Like Mm -hmm. he makes a decision and we move on with the story, which is great. It's how you clear a book and a half in a season. (laughs) Right. And shift gears partway through this season. Like the fact that we had the time jump at the first part of the season felt like we got 
almost almost feels like two seasons worth out of this one. You yeah, know, we got two separate storylines, and they were both really cohesive. No, and I came into this finale episode thinking there's no way they're getting through the final chunk of this book before the end of the season. And I mean, fuck me, they did it. You know, <laughs> they just they man, they plowed through this stuff and they didn't do it exactly like the books, which mm-hmm. in some ways I appreciate. In other ways, I I wish they could have dwelled on it a slight bit more in places. But I don't know what what they put on the screen was really doing it for me this season. Is it worth going through and rereading that third book? If I'm going to go through, would it would it be enjoyable? The fact that differences, would I enjoy reading that book? You think? Uh, this is the important question. Man, do I backtrack one book? How much should I respect your time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I guess it depends on how much you value your time. You know, like if you don't want to spend, I don't know, what does it take? Twenty hours, twenty four hours, or something. To, to read that book. I don't think it's necessary at this mm-hmm. point. Um, where they leave it is basically exactly where the book leaves it. All right. Well, that's something to chew on. Like I'm, I'm a pretty a nightly reader usually for, you know, anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. So hmm. that's okay. not particularly daunting. And I feel like if I'm going to get at least a different approach, I kind of enjoy when you get the two different approaches to, yeah, I mean, story. The, the details are very interesting. I'll, I'll talk about one here in a second when we get to the Diogo stuff. But, uh, oh, because, Diogo, please. I mean, Diogo's not in the third book at all. So, I mean, I all like of that stuff is already. very different. Yeah. <laughs> Although you, watching get him here. get plowed here. Are we at the Diogo? No, not yet. I'm let's my, oh, let's talk right. about this next scene. Uh, so, Naomi's working on shutting down the reactor. Holden tries to ask Drummer how she's holding up, which... Man, that glare when he asks her is <laughs> awesome. Uh, Drummer tells him that she's only here to make sure Naomi doesn't die for him. And Holden says they'll, they need to pull the plug here as soon as the other ships go dark. Uh, you know, I disagree. I disagree, Holden. I think actually you should lead by example. And the the behemoth should shut down its reactor first. Yeah. If I'm an untrusting UN or Martian com- captain... That makes a lot of sense. Like, right. No, 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 hold on. You're firing lasers out here. Like, <laughs> yeah, you've got literally the <laughs> only weapon in the ring. The only weapon. And we're going to shut down our reactors? No, 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 no. Yeah, well, either that or we can just keep setting off nukes because that is mankind's solution. I haven't gotten to listen to you and Aaron's uh, podcast about the last episode. Uh-huh. Do you guys touch on the fact that this is a time-honored... Uh, storytelling tradition that we solve everything with a nuclear blast. We don't, but we definitely talk about how dumb that idea was. (laughs) Well, you know, it worked in Armageddon. It worked in the core. I can't remember (laughs) if that's how they solved deep impact, even though that sort of fails. Spoiler alert for that movie. (laughs) But it seems like just a, it's just one of those ones that always comes up and especially in sci-fi channel material i would say well let's nuke it that'll fix it i mean it's the most apocalyptic thing that humans can do so i get it like you know you want to reach for the epic action right (laughs) okay um so the next did you have anything else on that scene or no i don't think so okay other than that drummer is just her intensity for naomi is palpable you could cut it with a knife and 
I can't decide if it's sort of a admiration or if it's actually romantic. Hmm. I'd consider that. Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. She's, she's kind of tough to read sometimes. Yeah. Well, her and Naomi had like a, a sea, a bar drinking scene. I remember previously yes. where I was really hoping they would hook up. Um, so, you know, I'm still holding that candle that, you know, Holden dies or ascends and is no longer romantically available. I'm, and then drummer and Naomi can pair off. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> uh, so Claire is recruited to help with the power grid in the command center. Ashford gets wise to Naomi's plan and location. And Naomi and Holden likewise figure out Ashford's plan, which Holden thinks is a really, really bad idea. Uh, the laser and whatnot. And they call Ashford to say so, but Ashford believes that they have to destroy the ring in order to prevent future generations from setting off this bomb, as he describes it, uh, with their curiosity, essentially. And Which is a very legitimate argument. I was... Yeah. Even if you are... And maybe this is where I'm... What I'm missing is that even though... If he is worried that shutting down reactors will work... Mm-hmm. for now and he wants to just prevent this outright that's a perfectly uh, reasonable argument and as the captain of the behemoth like it's his call to make in my mind um you know that doesn't make for an interesting story if he just calls it outright <laughs> and screws up and then they melt down the universe but right um but I, it was he's a reasonable villain in this instance I absolutely understand his motivation. And I think the show is trying to tell us that because if you look at Holden's speech at the very end of this episode, he essentially says the same thing, you know? There's no way that our curiosity won't get the best of us. We're going through to those 1,300 worlds. It's it's another bloody gold rush. Uh, He knows that humanity sometimes acts on its worst impulses, and I think... You know, Ashford, in this moment, I'm I'm behind him. I'm buying what he's saying. I, I d- still don't think that this is maybe the best solution. I think the, the attempt needs to be made. But, yeah, I mean, you could certainly have a lot of sympathy for him here. Yeah, and really we're just fitting into uh, Holden's argument that every time we're scared and worried, we reach for violence. Can we please not just this one time? Mm-hmm. And even as a viewer, I was like, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I've got to really think about this. <laughs> yeah. If you have to make that call, that's not an easy call for anybody. And yeah, just really made for such a tense scene and watching them argue, with, sort of debate each other was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then debate over Ashford uh, won't have any uh, more debate yeah. as evidenced by shooting Grigori. Right. On the command deck. Yeah. So Drummer hangs up on him. Um, Anna's transmission Starts going out. She's instructing everyone to shut down the reactors. Uh, Ashford's dude, his name's Grigori. Okay. I, I think so. I have no this idea. This is the guy that he punched out at the start of yeah. the run on the behemoth. Yep. Uh, he, he likes Holden's idea, and he starts to he starts to rally everyone. I feel like his crucial mistake <laughs> here is this guy's going to try to out-speech Ashford. We've uh-huh. seen Ashford give a speech. Ashford can kick your ass in speech-giving, man. Don't try yeah. it. I don't. I don't think Ashford should have shot him. Just give a better speech. Yeah, spin the drum. We're already <laughs> right. spinning the drum. Spin, spin the, the drum. drum. Okay, yeah, do <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, he shoots this guy in the head, which I have to say, it's really awesome. It's one of the more striking shots to me. That guy just floating next to him while he's delivering this 
final speech. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I So on my second viewing, I had uh, my kiddo, who is two and a half, sort of joining me on the couch. Uh-huh. Um, doesn't really watch TV, but I didn't want to also ignore him and watch the show. So um, I was kind of glad that he, Gregory was floating there standing because mm. then I didn't have to explain to my two-year-old that that man had been shot to death. He looked like he was fine. Yeah. No, Just it covering uh, there. I the thought background. it was creepy. I thought it was real creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when you're two and you can't distinguish sort of the dead, at least I hope not, or I, I might've damaged him forever. I don't know. Could be, but you know, you'll, you'll find out in like 25 years. Don't worry. <laughs> It'll come uh, out in therapy. And, and there's the the final part of the scene where the Martian commander looks as if she may go off script, but instead she calls Bobby and tells her, get your armor. Yeah. And Oh, the other thing, speaking of speeches, was Anna's speech a little unmoving? You know, they got her to give a good speech. Hey, here's this gal. She helped stop war between Earth and Mars. And she kind of just gives a bunch of exposition that we already know. Now, this is is the problem with, like, setting up someone as the world's best speechwriter. Because you have to then be the world's best speechwriter to write dialogue for this character when they're giving a speech. Uh, And, you know, sometimes you hit it, sometimes you miss it. Yeah, in the you know, I, you mentioning just Asford's speech writing abilities just made me think like, yeah, you know, that was the that was another bummer. It's like, okay, I get that this is probably what somebody would reasonably say because they're afraid and everything, but mm-hmm. it's hoping for something more moving, especially when Amos was the one that like when he turned around to her in the med bay, I was like, oh, they're gonna get Anna. Oh, they're gonna get the best speechwriter in the galaxy. <laughs> Meh. Yeah, I'm with you. It wasn't that moving to me either. Uh, so, so, so Diego yeah, runs he, off with power here, armor. Here's where everything goes just full speed uh, to, to the end of the episode. Bobby's crew go to retrieve their armor. They find it missing. Then we see Diogo in the armor sprinting toward the reactor control room. He makes really short work of the guards, and he drops in on Drummer, and he smashes her face. Thanks to the biometric restrictions on the suit, Naomi, Holden, and Drummer escape into the airlock while Diogo smashes away at the door. Uh, and this is an airlock which connects to an exterior elevator shaft that leads to the command center, so they start suiting up for that journey. Do you buy that Diogo would be able to actually operate in this power armor? Is it really that easy to use, at least at its base configuration? I don't know, man. Because um, if they can shut down his weapons, why would it even function with any human being that wasn't Bobby in it? Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe for, like, safety purposes, like evac, if you need something. Yeah, I guess if you're the last person on a ship and there's this power armor sitting around. I just didn't want to see... Yeah, it's dig, it's tough because it is a weapon well. in itself, right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> even if it can't fire rounds, it could still... Also, can I just say it's a little weird that they use a biometric restriction as the restriction here because they already have the speed limit. There's no way he could have shot them anyway. Oh, well, no, no, no. Because the it depends on what he fires. If he fired like the grenade, the RPG, but we've seen that oh, guy. You're right. The you're right. UN. He shot himself. Yes. So it, and, and they that made, was a higher speed limit. Well, I think they. Right? 
Yeah, it was. It's trust me, bullets go faster than sixty-two miles an hour. Well, that's what I was about to say. I was like, oh, now that it's down to sixty-two, I'm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly not sure well, about that. You know, maybe it's a photon gun. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> okay. He's got a super Diogo laser. Is so obnoxious. I've wanted to see him get his butt kicked <laughs> all season. That the minute yeah. that he got in that armor, I went shit. Whatever, Papa. No! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Diogo. No, Diogo's my man. Bastard. Nope, he's the best. The best of the belters, number one belter. <laughs> yeah, that's your. He's your go-to. Yeah, when I think belter, I think Diogo. At least <laughs> the accent, anyway. Well, um, yeah, that, I have more to say when he finally bites it. Um, but yeah, watching him chase them down was truly scary. That was the first time I've really been. I definitely thought uh, Drummer was dead when he hit her, mm-hmm. for sure. I was kind of surprised that she was still able to stand after a punch from that thing, based on everything that they've kind of shown us and told us about those suits so far. Yeah, I as soon as I saw Diogo in that armor, I was like, there's no way they win this. This is crazy. Uh, you gotta run! Yeah, I, all you can do is run. and And it's awesome, too, because, like, you know, he, he comes sprinting up and the guards try and shoot him and just nothing. He, he yeah. just goes right through him. Yeah, and Drummer shooting him at point blank as he sort of descends into that room. Again, looks so cool watching somebody just descend into <laughs> the middle of the room. Yep. Um, I don't know what it is about that, but yeah, watching those bounce bounce yeah. Watching those bullets bounce off her, I was real worried about. You know, you just you get into sort of a rhythm, especially with the tension going up all the time that you kind of think how, you know, it's going to go. Mm-hmm. But seeing the power armor, I was not I was not ready for that challenge. And I I panicked. Yeah, I really panicked. So I'm going to throw in a little bit of the book here. Um, yes, because there's a there's a smart change, I think, that they made. Um, so, like I said, Diogo is not in the third book at all. Um and when Claire makes it from her ship to to the Rossi, uh, she actually gets captured and then escapes and then uses that suit that, that she came over in to kind of, like, go after Anna and I think Naomi, who are hidden in, like, a storage locker. And she's doing what Diogo is doing in this scene where he's, like, punching the door, trying to get uh-huh. in. And she's using that that weird service suit to do the same thing on a, a locker. And I thought it was much smarter because there's no real reason for Claire to get away like a second time, right? And come mm-hmm. after them. And I think like that just streamlined it. And I do like the little nod that they do to it here in the, the episode. Yeah. It's well, and it's one of those ones where, you know, he doesn't know that, that the suit, you're expecting him to do the magnetic hands move that you've seen Bobby do a time or two now, where she like pries open the door with her arms. Right. And you just realize like, oh, that's whether or not he can use the suit overall. He definitely doesn't know the, uh, the perks of it. So watching him pound on that door was, uh, it makes sense. Like that buys them enough time to get on their suits. If it was a mm-hmm. Marine in the power armor, they'd, <laughs> they wouldn't have probably made it out of the out of the reactor. So I just yeah. yeah, the little pieces that they're putting together here, even talking about like seeing Bobby just like sort of dismiss that the power armor's missing. I wasn't expecting to see it in Diogo 
on Diogo's back until mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, somebody walked off with it because Ashford had been sort of chewing people out for stealing shit earlier. Mm-hmm. No, um, it's perfect, too, because it sets up that confrontation in the hall that we're about to talk about where, you know, they show up at the comms array and there's a firefight. That firefight is not existent if they're in their power armor, right? Like, yeah, Amos gets his ass torn, torn to shreds. <laughs> But he would have saved Anna still. I firmly believe that. <laughs> yeah, shoved shoved her. I don't know through an airlock. I or don't something. know. He would have, but he would have killed himself if that's what it took to get her out of there. So, yeah, this yeah. hallway firefight um, was fantastic. Just and you're you're sort of expecting the line as soon as uh, Alex and Bobby sort of recognize each other mm-hmm. down the hallway. Alex, Bobby. <laughs> Um, so another quick scene here Claire shorts something out and claims that it's because of the chemical restraint when Ashford goes to remove it Claire asks if a truly good act can make up for the horrible things that you've done Uh, can it can it Jim I for Ashford's sake I hope so because I'm sure he's done some horrible (laughs) things I think he's told us some of the horrible things he's done yeah well he was sort of bragging at the time but they weren't they weren't good people things certainly no no. Uh, Why does he take this off of Claire? If he knows enough about, he knows enough about her history. Why would he not know like, Oh, by the way, she's got a tongue adrenaline rush move that she's pulled countless times now. <laughs> I think it, well, does. So Anna told somebody about that, right? So you think it's just bad communication? Yeah, I think he might not actually know. And he's probably really desperate in this scene, you know? he's yeah. He wants to get this laser online. The reactor's going to be shut down at any moment. He needs everybody on deck. Yeah, even those people who are asking what I would consider <laughs> questions sort of telegraphing suicide. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was a weird choice. Um, and I also, I guess I don't know enough about those. What is... Are those chemical it's, restraints explicitly for sort of her super move or are they used to actually just inhibit prisoners like I, all the time? Like, is it actively sort of dulling her sentences senses just to keep her from causing trouble on a baseline? I, I would imagine. Yes, because I don't think you have packs ready to go that just do that for her specific enhancement. That you makes know, sense. like, like what are they, they're going to have those on the ship really, or maybe you can tune them to do whatever you need them to do. Well, now that you mention it, it's probably something out of the med bay. So this is probably a jury rigged medical device mm-hmm. that might be used just to keep people from, you know, like an IV just to keep you kind of loosey goosey, keep you from straining yourself. And that in the absence of manacles, yeah, that might work. I think the only bigger red flag that Claire could have thrown up is like asking if you can get court-martialed for sabotage or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe the giant uh, live wire that she's kind of just got floating around (laughs) on the command deck Yeah, that Ashford feels the need to address personally. Yeah, forget about like sabotage. You could just get killed by that thing. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know... Yeah, as soon as you're like, well, I have my electrical, my electrician certification. Do you? You've got a live <laughs> wire just kind of floating around here. I, 
Yeah. I've done enough home electrical work to know that the first thing you do is flip a breaker when you're going to just leave a wire dangling like that. I do think so. that they've shown in the past that she's actually not very good at, no, at what she's she claims really to be. No, she's really not competent. <laughs> no, because she's not. I mean, that's the thing. She lied her way onto that ship. She got her clearance through, like, you know, subterfuge and, and forged identities and things like that. There's There's no way she knows what she's doing. Yeah, but... At the same time, like she knew enough to, because yeah. uh, the guy she kills had left sort of a, a recommendation for her, like, oh, she could be a pretty competent technician given time, which means that she came in with at least a legitimate starting level of yeah, yeah. skill, which, you know, also money and power can probably buy you that kind of training in a short period of time. Sure. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's move on to Anna. They, um, Triple A keeps keeps talking. Uh, Bobby tells the guys to surrender. Alex decides he's going to do exactly that and hopes that he can talk Bobby into joining them. And Amos warns Alex that he's going to kill Bobby if she tries to stop him. And Alex, Which yeah, put the fear of God in me. Yes, I really worried for Bobby's life when Amos says things like that. <laughs> Absolutely, especially when you see what happens here. Uh, Alex explains the situation to Bobby, but the other Marines spring into action and and start fighting them. Uh, Bobby subdues one of them, and Amos kills the other with just a single shot right between the eyes. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, in the waiting, the, there's so much. He really waits for that clear shot, and the whole yes. time you're just holding your breath, waiting for him to pull the trigger. These Marines are really not as impressive as I expected, and it might be that this <laughs> is the JV squad that they sent into the ring because if they die, you're not going to miss them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that Alex held his own for even, yeah. you know, a 10 Mississippi seems unexpected Yeah, based on everything that we've been told about Martian Marines. No, I, I agree with that. I, it's unfortunate. I think that's one of those things that TV shows just have to do sometimes. Um, uh, and this show very rarely does it. So I'll, I'll forgive it this once, but yeah, I was with you. Yeah, that's true. This is the expanse. This is one of the best shows on TV right now they've bought themselves a line of credit that I'm certainly willing to extend. Yeah. Um, and she tells the guys to hurry up because they'll be sending more people and she, she shot Bobby is shot in the process. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fake shot because it doesn't matter in the end. Yeah. I was, again, I kept expecting, I was like, Oh, Bobby shot drummers looking really bad. I was expecting a head, at least some sort of head count to come out of this and mm-hmm. really surprised that they didn't, they didn't take a shot or two and knock some people out. Yeah. They don't even go back to the, to, to Bobby being shot, you know, next we see her. I think she's sitting down in the cockpit of the Rossi with Alex. Yeah. She's got, you know, they have sort of the iron man kind of lap band, like a light underneath the shirt that sort of signals like, Hey, medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's kind of obnoxious. I was photon medicine. It's the only medicine that works in the ring. <laughs> just shine, just gonna shine a flashlight some, at it. We're going to shine a flashlight. <laughs> hey, man, it's science fiction. You don't know? <laughs> could work. Could work. Yeah. All right. Drummer's crew ascends the elevator shaft, which is a weird thing to say. Uh, <laughs> but they're they're ascending in this shaft while Diogo gives chase. Holden tries to hit him with a grenade, but he kind of misses and doesn't do much anyway. And then Drummer takes the rest of the grenades and stays behind to deal with him. 
And before she gets a chance to use the grenades, Naomi sends an elevator hurtling into Diogo, saving her life. Do we think Diogo is dead? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't think so. Not necessarily. I, based on everything that Bobby has been through in that suit of armor, mm-hmm. um, I would assume that an elevator wouldn't be enough to kill him. That thing did clock him really fast, and if it picked up speed on the way down, it could probably do some real damage. So, Well, we know it couldn't have been going faster than 62 miles an hour, right? That's a really good... That just keeps coming up. <laughs> I, I, and I say that jokingly because I'm actually not sure if that's true. Yeah, I, it's I hard know... to say. Um, anyways, I this was uh, so unexpected. This was yeah. drummer's chance to go out in a blaze of glory she's got her best holden face on after you know her nose is all whoever does like the (laughs) face injury makeup is really on fire like they went from messing holden's face up to messing drummer's face up and i just every time i see their face i wince and laugh at the same time yeah i okay are they gonna leave amos's face like that forever just sort of that. That like wait, was burned. he injured at the end of the show? No, I mean he's been he's been injured for a while. He got like oh, he's got the thing over the eye. Yeah, it's, I, I don't assume like that they're gonna start fresh next season. You, you don't like Amos's? I don't like Christine it. face being messed up. It's it's not about like his face being messed up. I think it looks weird. I can't tell what happened to him, or it looks like it looks sort of like the stuff that's going on with Ashford. Like maybe he got burned, but also. It looks like there's just a layer of Vaseline on it at all times. I, yeah, and it's kind of sliding forward. Like, uh-huh. it doesn't look like it was applied correctly. It looks like he applied it without a mirror. Yeah, because it really it comes down a little too far. Yeah, yeah, it's a little distracting. It does look like super glue, basically. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. I think everybody's gonna come back fresh face next season. I think that yeah. if you're on the production team, do you really want to have to start with keeping track of all those scars? I mean, they already have next season. They've got to keep track of Holden's arm thing, like his port on his arm. And I've noticed they're they're doing a really damn good job of that because you can actually see it in scenes where he's got his shirt on. They go to the trouble of putting that little bump there where, where you can tell he's got that, that thing on his arm. I wonder if they just put it in the shirt so you just can't you mess sew, it. Sew it into the shirt? Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Versus trying to get it to stick on him every time. Yeah. It would take a lot less time, that's for sure. Yeah, I would certainly have at this point. I don't even notice that. Like you say, and I go, oh, yeah. I've, but, yeah, who he got super irradiated. They plug that in his arm, and I've moved on. As right, a viewer. right. But, I don't know, wardrobe or makeup? Whatever department does it uh, definitely has not moved on, which is cool. Yeah, they've got a real knack for continuity and messing people's faces up. Somebody really loves getting in. Because Monica, too, had like her face all. She had like a hell of a black eye going on. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah, Um, I'm really loving the makeup work. Let's move to the people getting restless and the scientist who set off the nuke realizes it was a terrible idea from the very start. He never should have tried it. Really sorry about that, boss, boss Mang. Yeah, and he persuades his commander to try shutting down the reactors as 
I guess a a Claire esque kind of hope that he can make up for his sins. Uh, Ashford gets his laser operational, but when he fires, it's off target. They're running out of time. Uh, what did you think of this being off target? I don't know how that works in this science heavy environment on ships that are moving super slow. How do you miss with that laser? I mean, they talked about it like being miscalibrated and the lens and like, I could see, okay, maybe the machinery is set up wrong. Uh, and so the computer thinks it's in a different place than it really is. But like, who did it? A, uh, B like, I just feel like it's it's kind of a wet fart at the end of like a, a really <laughs> awesome thing because I I don't know I'm I'm biased I'm biased by the book and I'm not going to talk about how the book does it but if you want to see a way more awesome version of this go read the book all right well there you go you answered my question finally <laughs> okay maybe uh, I'll just flip to the f- second half so so who did it is it Claire did she misalign the laser. I really thought they didn't pin it on anybody. So my guess was that it was just a, um, you know, it was similar to the screw up with the, when they destroyed the MCRN's first strike capabilities, you know, it was just like a technology problem, man. I don't know. And that is, that feels like lazy writing if that is their response, but I didn't feel like they telegraphed. Like how would Claire have messed with that laser at all? If she's doing electrical work, she wouldn't be near a computer. You wouldn't think so. I I don't know. I mean, yeah, she's been poking at computers all season. So maybe, and it could be, maybe there was a scene that they just had to cut for time in there that. Yeah. Shows somebody in particular, some belter who wanted to. Maybe it was Grigori before he gave out, you know, before he got shot by Ashford. He was already trying to set him up for failure. Oh, man. Could be. Could be. I don't know. All right. Anna continues broadcasting while Amos holds down their position uh, because the goons that uh, Bobby warned about have shown up. And Holden and Naomi arrive at the command center. Holden decides to do something very dangerous which is surrender his weapon and try to talk Ashford into seeing things his way. The other ships begin shutting down their reactors as Holden explains that everyone is scared and confused and we're reaching for violence because of it. Uh, So Ashford reaches for violence, commands his men to shoot (laughs) Holden. And uh, before they can shoot Holden, Claire pops her stims and shuts down the reactor, distracting the men and saving Holden. Uh, All of the chaos ends as everyone turns to their monitors to watch a thousand new rings open up and Holden's plan has all worked and all the ships are released. You so, forgot the the most dangerous act that Holden has committed here. He dropped the L-bomb two seconds before tossing <laughs> his gun and stepping in front of Ashford. Yeah. That's kind of a dick move. <laughs> like, I love you. We're probably going to die here. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I... Dude, I don't know what you say in that scenario. <laughs> maybe and maybe that's what Holden was thinking. He's like, what do I say here? I should say something heroic. Uh, I love you. Yeah, that's... I'm dropping my heroic. gun. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's it's very dangerous. But, I mean, what other option does he have? You know, time's running out. Uh, I don't know. Well, and it is. It does set off this, like I was saying, sort of that children of men. Like, we've had the tension building up to this point. And when he steps out and you're sure he's going to be shot, well, I, I was kind of on the fence. So many people were living at this point. Um, 
But, you know, he steps out there and you don't know what's going to happen. And Claire flips and the power dies and everything just gets kind of quiet. And when they go to those rings, like, I came out of the couch. I was just... Because <laughs> I have really managed to get this far spoiler-free. So seeing those rings open up around and I was... You you know what's going on. It's like, oh my God, they have access to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is the road... And they just the gates keep opening, and we just roll into, um, you know, Holden's speech, you know, to with Miller mm-hmm. at that point. Um, it really was a fantastic ending. Like it really just takes that tension, sort of snaps it off, and really just starts walking into. If they had ended the series, like if if Amazon hadn't picked it up and Sci-Fi had killed it and it was just over this would have been a really killer place to end it because it leaves it gives us a conclusion for this crew like if if we come back next season and the show is about different people i don't know that i'd have a problem with that i'd miss the old crew but i could just as easily see us like a hundred years from now because it's Mm going to take a long time for humanity to sort of sort all of this out and yeah. if they want to jump in media res to what's happening with all of these different, with these 1300 worlds and this bloody gold rush, I don't know that I'd complain. Mm-hmm. Like there's a really interesting story out there. And I'm, that's why I want to plow through the next books. Cause I want to know, I want to know where this <laughs> goes. You just opened all these doors and said, and Miller asked for a ride and it's game on. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they're, like this could certainly have been a satisfying conclusion to to this show because I while it does, like you said, kick open so many doors, um I, I think I, I would have been frustrated. I would have been like, Man, I want to know more but you know, having the books out there where you can go no more if you wanted to, uh, mm-hmm. I think that help would have helped soften the blow. And also you, you know, kind of leaving it here where humanity's tendencies are kind of in question, you know, like, will we, will we fuck this all up essentially? Or will we be good stewards of the universe basically? Yeah. Uh, And I enjoy when, when stories give you that opportunity to sort of answer the question for yourself. That's one of the things I really love about leftovers is they kind of let you choose your own adventure in Mm -hmm. some of the, the decisions that are made sort of, outside of the realm of the show. Um, yeah. That's really great storytelling that you can leave, that you can have that mystery box and leave it alone. I think is really challenging, especially for people who are really good storytellers. And I'm curious, and I am very curious to see where, you know, the James a Corey duo, uh, take it next. I don't know. I'm, I want to pick up that book tomorrow if I could, cause I, <laughs> got the end of this show was <laughs> so hot. Yeah. Um, and it was beautiful too, seeing Holden stand on that beach and looking up into the sky with just those gates in sort of this geometric, uh, pattern, Mm -hmm. this grid was just really stunning. Yeah. And your boy Miller standing out on the water. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the Jesus now, right? Of, of this, that's definitely (laughs) a Jesus illusion. Uh, yeah, basically. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I mean, he I'm could essentially... be. He, that's the question is, 
is this a plan for humanity or do we just happen to be, you know, are they just passing? Do they happen to be passing through? And right. I mean, we know the protagonists of this show. So I think there is a plan in there for humanity ultimately. Um, yeah. I mean, that's but we don't one. necessarily know the question. No, the real it's question. one of the many questions that I have. One of the many things I'm excited for about next season uh, is, you know, getting answers to the questions about, the the proto molecules intentions for humanity if any if any at all yeah do they even will they even speak to them anymore or does humanity just jump through here everybody gives wide berth to the station and start jumping through yeah rings to see what's out there i don't know and what are the extent of of the proto molecules powers you know yeah and is it still on the rosinante <laughs> <laughs> right that, I assume so. I, yeah, I guess. But what is it doing there? That's the one weird move <laughs> that I just don't understand after everything else that they've showed us, that that has just kind of chilled out on the ship. Yeah. It really doesn't make any sense. The only explanation I can come up, for, uh, come up with for that is that Holden is, in fact, special and that it decided not to take him over because it needed something that it couldn't get by doing that. Uh, well, potentially Miller is holding it back or yes. whatever is controlling Miller is the same intelligence that sort of restricts, it could restrict the expansion of it. Yeah. It's interesting. I, this is all things that I want to know the answers of. And because I don't professionally podcast about this, I got to go read it with reckless abandon. <laughs> ah, yeah. All right. Well, you enjoy that. Uh, I have one other question about mm-hmm. about this whole plan and how it actually worked. Who shut down the Rossi's generator or the, the Rossi's reactor? Do we assume that they, that when you abandon the ship, you would just shut down the reactor? It doesn't seem like you'd want to leave it running. That's what I was thinking. Um, that, that was like the only thing I'd come up with that said, hey, maybe, maybe this plan actually went off because they don't address that. Or maybe the Rossi is a special case and the station doesn't care. <laughs> right, because the Cause molecule if, is if, on it and Miller yeah, was on it. Yeah, it knows the Rossi is not a threat, so... Maybe, maybe. It's cool with it. I, I, that's I the thing. We're dealing with an, with an alien intelligence that I think is actually pretty close to alien. Mm-hmm. It, it With Miller, it sort of humanizes it, but they haven't given us enough to otherwise sort of anthropomorphize it. We know that it really likes taking things apart, but we otherwise don't really understand how it works. And yeah, I, the show's not really bothering to to tell us that. Right. And it doesn't seem like it has really any form to it. You know, it's it's whatever form it wants to take or needs to take. Well, and it's also, it's not the, it's a created object. So maybe it's like, you know, if... I shot my computer into space <laughs> and somebody somehow plugged it in. They're looking at all these files on my computer going like, oh, what is it trying to tell me when I open this PDF? It's like, well, it's just something I left there. I wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, trying to send a message and the computer's not trying to communicate, but you've manipulated this object in a way that, you know, it's that, uh, 
the what is Neil deGrasse Tyson calling Cosmo the false pattern recognition. You know, we mm-hmm. we want to see a pattern, and so we are seeing one with the proto molecule, but it might not actually be. You know, it probably has limits as a a, ma- a manufactured object versus the civilization that manufactured it. Yeah, which we find out in that final scene has been wiped out. Yeah, and I want to know why. Yeah, and and what could have killed it? You know, if it, it, I don't know, they they frame it as I guess they frame it as what could have happened to this civilization. They don't really frame it as like oh, there was some enemy that decided to take them out. You know, because I'm always hesitant to start ascribing some kind of intention to things mm-hmm. that we don't understand and things that potentially almost certainly work on scales that humans don't think in, you know, like time wise, space wise, these things are so far beyond how we think as human beings that trying to say, Oh, well, you know, there was a war between the two factions and one faction won, and the other was wiped. That's, that's almost silly in a way. Yeah. Without further evidence to back that claim up. Yeah. You should try reaching for violence. I have found as a human being that (laughs) at the very least a cathartic response. Yeah. I'm I'm all out of nukes at the moment. (laughs) As soon as I get a nuke though, I'll reach for it. We're sending one through every one of those rings just Uh, as a test case (laughs) for science. Great. Um, That's the end of the episode, but yeah, this, this story is about to get a hell of a lot bigger than just our system. Yeah, I am excited for your wrap-up cast because I could spend another 60 minutes just theorizing on what's next. Um, I'll do exactly I think this that. is a, a wonderful place to sort of to wrap the show. Like, I really, it's cool that they blew through that third book. I think they yeah. they condensed it really well. I mean, it kept the, the pace just on point. Like, you never felt a lull in this entire season. Yeah. After, you know, watching this concurrently with Westworld was a little bit painful. Um, <laughs> and I think yeah. ref- reflected on Westworld, unfortunately, I think we probably projected some, um, I know you guys were kind of in the same place I was about how that show ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is because if you look at this, there's just, I mean, they picked up partway through this season and just ran with this plot and there wasn't any dilly dallying, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm starting to repeat myself about yeah, that. No, I mean, <laughs> but uh, you're right. You're right. I uh, think it's great. They're, it's really great storytelling. It is the 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 people who write for this show. I do, I don't even mean just you know the duo of James S. A. Corey. I think everybody who's writing for this show is just doing a terrific job. Yeah, they're really pulling out, and that's why I'm kind of curious. I'm sort of motivated to go back and read the books because I'm. I am motivated to see what they pulled out. Like how much did you, did they trim down to get to where we're at? Because Mm -hmm. it's really everybody's, the things are just moving all the time. And I have so much momentum show that one, I'm really glad that this was a sort of a two parter at the end of the season. Cause having seen, if I had to watch this week's episode and then wait for the finale, (laughs) Uh that would have been, excruciating yeah so all right i man. think hooray for fourth of july throwing off the tv schedule oh yeah that would be the reason wouldn't it i don't know i'm gonna be in chicago next week but we're gonna <laughs> aaron and i are gonna get the wrap-up cast in there before i go 
Um, that'll probably be out Wednesday, I imagine. But uh, I just want to thank you, Levi, for joining me. I, I gave you kind of short notice here, but uh, oh no worries, thanks it. for having me, and uh, I'm always excited to talk about the show. So yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll include you in some kind of expanded coverage in the future if you're up for it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and that is going to do it for us tonight. We're going to save all the feedback for uh, next week because, I don't know, there's not any real speculation to do. Everybody's going to be talking about, you know, the implications of this anyway. So we'll just do it all next week, and that'll help pad out a a podcast, which is sure to have pacing problems. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, (laughs) We'll see you guys next week with the wrap-up. Till then, I'm Jim. I'm Levi. See ya. (laughs) 